Welcome to Heroes of Brand Protection Podcast, Episode 14. I am your host, Daniel Shapiro, Vice President of Brand Relations at Redpoints, the world's fastest growing brand protection solution with a mission to make the internet safer for both brands and consumers. In these podcasts, we will share stories and industry highlights from some of the leading experts in brand protection and anti-counterfeiting from many industries around the world. Today, we are so happy you could join us, and please check out all our episodes at www.redpoints.com forward slash podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be speaking with Benjamin Okeke, Senior Corporate Counsel at Amazon. Our guest, Ben, knew from an early age of nine that he was going to be going to a top 10 university and attend law school. His plan was to go into general practice as a corporate lawyer. For a short time, however, Ben entertained the idea of becoming an NFL football player, as well as even considering to be a software development engineer. Surely the world of brand protection would have missed Ben's talents, as he's a valued and important asset in this industry. Well, listen, Ben, we're thrilled to have you today, and uh, we we couldn't be uh, more happy to have you join us. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This is a really great conversation. Uh, super excited about it. Great. Well, to, to get us going, I thought we would sort of uh, break the ice by asking you your thoughts about is cereal soup or uh, do you think it is or why or why not is cereal soup? That is <laughs> it's such an interesting question. Um, I guess that depends, right? Because you can eat cereal dry, at which point I don't think it would be a soup. But once once you add the milk, now there's stuff slow, uh, you know, floating around in liquid, and so you can have cold soups, you know, like uh, gazpacho. Or so, yeah, I think uh, I've never thought of it before or thought of it in that way, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think cereal is a soup. So, so I might start asking my 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 boys in the morning for breakfast if they'd like a uh, bowl of uh, weeded soup or oat soup. <laughs> exactly. Listen, you'll have to get back to us on what they think of that when their dad comes to them and asks them that question. <laughs> um, when you think about some of the experiences you've had over your career, the span of your career, is there a particular experience that you sort of, I don't know, you tell a story a lot at dinner, you know, this funny thing that happened or this interesting thing that happened to you one point in your career? Huh. That's a, that's another good one. Um, I have a lot actually. I, I think one of the, one of my greatest skills or qualities is that I can pretty much have fun with anything. Uh, I try to laugh at most things. So uh, there, that's almost a daily thing. Um, but if I had to pinpoint one, um, or just something that I got a chuckle out of was a, uh, a CMD that was sent out by uh, another, uh, company to an alleged counterfeiter or infringer, uh, let's say. And, um, it was strongly worded. I mean, it was, it was like scorched earth. And in, you know, this twist, rather than, you know, taking down the, the infringing product, he actually made a sweatshirt out of the C&D. He, he literally screen printed the C&D on the front of this shirt. 
uh, sweatshirt and started selling it for like $55 and they were selling. Um, (laughs) So he happened to be, you know, we happened to kind of come across uh, this guy uh, investigating some other things. This is uh, in my previous role. And um, we, you know, it, it, it's funny. We looked at each other. So I was working with a colleague on this and we looked at each other and we're like, think we should send the C&D? Nah. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's just give him a call and, and see if he'll, he'll take this stuff down. Um, but that was one that, that I chuckle about uh, a lot uh, in kind of the way things can kind of flip on you. Uh, and, and it's always smart to think about, you know, how big your audience can get uh, before you press send. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. You could have sent your C&D. You could have been on the backside of a sweatpant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's one. Um, tell us, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or maybe what did you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> so that's actually, I, I like both questions, right? Um, so I'll, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the, uh, the first one. What do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, I want to be a scratch golfer. Uh, when I grow up, <laughs> I intend on working hard at that uh, over the uh, the back half of, of my life. You know, once I flip the chapter and, and retire, uh, that that's where I intend to to uh, focus. Um, but what did I want to be when I, I grew up? Um, funny enough, I wanted to be a kind of general practice corporate lawyer, uh, mergers and acquisitions um and things of that nature and i you know over time i, I kind of always knew i wanted to practice law there was a stint in there where football was became a focus and and uh, i thought about what it would look like to be an nfl player and then also uh, computer uh, engineering kind of wanted to be a software development engineer uh, but then realized that, uh, yeah, there was a lot of math in, in, in college and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just didn't, didn't want to stick to it. So, uh, that, that, that ended that. So, uh, so then may- maybe following up on that, how did you land on law from computers? Obviously the math maybe was an issue, but, but, uh, NFL and, and, you know, law, then you picked law, obviously. Mm-hmm. And how did that channel work for you? How did you end up in that spot there? Um, some intention, some happenstance, right? Uh, so injury uh, sort of ended my football career in college. So that was that. But I've always, e- even if I had, you know, been lucky enough to stay healthy and then talented enough to actually uh, make it to the NFL, uh, I have every intention of going to law school. So that was going to happen regardless. Uh, you know, I think um, the the way my kind of early years were structured was just kind of set goal, go work toward goal. Uh, and that was that. And so the goal of going to Northwestern was kind of set or not Northwestern, but, uh, you know, top 10 school uh, was set when I was like eight years old. Um, and you know, going to law school was a goal that was set when I was nine. Uh, and so it was just kind of like, all right, great. These are the goals. Go get them. Keep working at it. Uh, and just kind of myopic focus on, on those things, which 
you know, as I look around now at all these cool jobs that are out there, like software, you know, or, or video game developer and, you know, uh, uh, food critic and so on and so forth, I'm kind of like, maybe myopic was not the, uh, not the way to approach this thing. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how you sort of redirect that on your two boys. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are definitely, I'm living vicariously through them and they're kind of like exploring into everything. So we'll, we'll see how the two approaches work out. Yeah, exactly. And then m- maybe share with us a little bit your personal journey. So you graduate uh, school or law school and where's your first job? How do you progress into the IP side of the world? Yeah, so uh, as I said, I initially thought, general practice um, was going to be it. And then I took a an intro to IP course at Howard University School of Law uh, with Professor Jamar. And it just blew me away. The power of branding uh, and the power of ideas and innovation and what it means to protect those, right? And that your ideas are really free as the air you breathe until you take some action to manifest them and, and protect them. Um, and so that, I just became really, really interested in that. Uh, and initially it was patents. Um, so when I graduated uh, law school, I went to work at uh, a IP boutique firm, Fish and Weave, which has since become Ropes and Gray, and was doing patent litigation. And um yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, a, a, and here and there, there were some nuggets of trademark work to be done, and so I kind of raised my hand wherever I could to try and get get on that. And after some time, realized that's what I really wanted to do. And so I left uh, private practice and went uh, to work for the government, the USPTO, and became an examiner there, and just loved it. You know, it's an immersive experience because you're thrown into a situation where you own a file or thousands of files, I should say, uh, from start to finish, right? Uh, Where, you know, before you're writing kind of uh, memos on specific discrete topics that are being enveloped into kind of a a larger brief, you know, there you're it. You're doing the research. You're doing the writing, the office actions. If it's appeals, you're writing the brief. Uh, you're responsible for it all. Um, so that was really a great experience. Um, and so kind of within the office, uh, within the PTO, just bounced from different experiences in different positions uh, from examination. I did a detail with the solicitor's office, uh, which was amazing. And the solicitor's office is responsible for uh, appeals from the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board up to the Fed Circuit. Uh, so you get some really great exposure to some meaty, sophisticated, uh, complex uh, questions there and just had a blast with it and really, you know, just dove into that head first. Uh, after the detail, went back to examining for a while and then took a position as a senior manager. My first experience with managing uh, a team. And uh, for those that don't know, the PTO and, and definitely now, but even at that time, was primarily a remote work environment. So people got a taste of that with the pandemic, but the PTO has been doing it for a long time. And so um, 
it was a really so you were not in dc where the pto was so i was in dc but a lot of my team was not um yeah at the time they didn't allow managers to remote work uh now i believe they do uh, i think they have full-on like remote office you know law offices that are completely remote no one's in the office it's uh um and I wonder how they work out the team meetings but that's a whole nother thing um but yeah, that was a, a a great experience with kind of leading a team, being part of the you know uh, leadership, getting familiar with the commissioner's office, and uh, shortly thereafter, I left that position and took a position with the trademark trial and appeal board as an interlocutory attorney, basically the equivalent of a magistrate judge. You're handling all the pretrial motion practice, uh, you know. Uh, uh, the pretrial discovery conference, things like that. Uh, so you really start diving into the litigation side of things there. Um, and it was amazing. You're exposed to some of the, you know, best IP attorneys out there and kind of figuring out strategy uh, and, and how things work uh, in, in that realm. And so after about and you were still relatively young at that time, too, right? So, I mean, you're hearing these. I'm still relatively young, Dad. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Compared to me, you're super young. <laughs> but I'm saying at this time when you're sort of in this magistrate world, oh, yeah. no. you're still really a young kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I look back at when I started that. I think at the time I was either the youngest to ever do it or one of the youngest to ever uh, have landed that position. So it was. It was really quick um, and, and really great. Uh, the judges at the board, the other interlocks, I mean, just some of the most impressive people you're ever going to meet. So wonderful experience. But after about 13-ish years, 12, 13 years at the PTO, having bounced around to all those different positions, kind of thought, all right, uh, time for a new new challenge. And so, uh, you know, having had firm experience, government experience, next thing to do is go in-house, right? Um, and so I... So you packed up your wagon and crossed the country west. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have to say that I've been really fortunate in my career to have landed some wonderful uh, positions and great experiences. And so the next landing was kind of like, you know, dream come true, where I end up at Nike in a hybrid role uh, doing, you know, straddling the trademark uh, team and the brand protection team. Uh, and this was, that was kind of my first foray into brand protection uh, and, and not just pure trademark practice. And so digital enforcement, you know, up until that point, my kind of idea of, of counterfeiting was, you know, some guy, you know, back alley, CD, Canal Street, New York, uh, you know, selling fake stuff on the, uh, you know, sidewalk. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I'm like, oh, is that is that what we're doing? And I quickly learned that that was not <laughs> what we were doing. You found out it's an enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, it is a big business. So that was, um, that was eye opening to me. Awesome. And um yeah, helped stand up uh, digital enforcement um, regime at Nike, looking across North America, you know, um, online, 
to offline enforcement, uh, collaborations with uh, different organizations, things like that. And then uh, I got a wonderful call one day uh, about an opportunity at Amazon and uh, to really focus in on the brand protection aspects. uh, And uh, that really interested me. You know, I had been practicing trademarks at that point for, you know, 15, 16 years. Uh, And so it's just kind of like, all right, let's let's try something. Let's really dive in and learn about brand protection uh, and and become an expert in the space or at least try to become an expert in the space. That's a challenge, right? Yeah. Particularly for the amount of different brands and and size and scope of of Amazon. It's, uh, It's a lot to learn, I'm sure. And and you're based up in Seattle, right? You moved again, relocated to family? That's right. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I laugh at this, but we, I think in the last 10 years, we've moved nine times or something it's crazy like that. Um, yeah. Ha- have work, we'll travel. Uh, but I think this is, I think this is it. Uh, we're both in really good spaces in our careers. We both love Seattle. Our boys love Seattle. Um, it's actually our second stint here. Uh, we, you know, we're kind of, uh, really anxious to get back. Uh, so this is, this is, you know, things, like I said, I've been really, really fortunate in my career and in my life to kind of have had such a wonderful path, um, that's allowed me to do a lot of the things that I want to do. That's fantastic. I guess you'll become, or maybe you already are Seahawk fans. No. No, no, you won't do that. No, this is this is Bronco country. Everywhere I go, Bronco. I'm still going to stick with the Broncos because I've always seen the Broncos jersey on you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, out here in Utah, we tend to be Broncos fans because it's like the closest NFL team. So it's the right thing to do. <laughs> um, maybe flipping into your job, and and it could be you know any of your jobs, but if there's maybe something specific at your current job. It could be any of those things, but is there a, you know, a particular challenge as the senior corporate counselor or something that you're doing that, you know, is one of the tough things that you have to do in your job, whether it's, you know, I don't know, internal, external. Yeah. Um, I think scale, right. Uh, I think as you continue to progress in your career, uh, the more responsibility, the, 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 the larger, the breadth of, kind of land your, you know, real estate you're covering, so to speak. And so scaling yourself um, becomes a a real challenge, you know, scaling across your team, uh, you know, scaling across uh, other teams in the enterprise um, and, and making sure that you are able to bring your whole self to anything that you work on. Um, I think, you know, in this space, one of the things that's unique for me is, you know, there just aren't a lot of black men uh, that are uh, that occupy this space. And so um, that also presents its own bit of challenge uh, and its own unique experience um, for me, recruiting and, and so on and so forth and trying to. I guess, evangelize and and encourage other uh, young black female and male attorneys to get into IP uh, is a challenge that I've taken on for myself. Ben, I really love that answer. I think 
bringing your whole self to your job is critical to be really thoughtful and, and solve issues. And I think that your thought process of and your uh, desire to pursue diversity in the industry and in your company uh, in order to get the best team uh, can, can also be a significant challenge, but it's great that you're yeah. willing to take on take on that challenge and, and help build a better company. So Ben, for my next question, I want to ask you, um, what are the challenges you foresee in the brand protection industry? And I want you to sort of think back to your uh, time at the U S patent and trademark office, your time at Nike, of course, your current role now here at, at Amazon. What are your thoughts on, on the challenges we see in our, in our industry? Access. Um, I think that is, you know, the amount of consumer exposure uh, that can be had with just the click of a button, you know, in seconds. Uh, and the amount, you know, the, the nimble nature of uh, counterfeiters, they can, you know, pop in and out and, uh, you know, relist and so on and so forth. And so it's, you know, I, I know the the term whack-a-mole has kind of become the the the, the passe term for uh, what we do, but it it, <laughs> uh, it it still fits, right? And so you're just trying to um, stay ahead of the game and stay ahead of the the trends. And so I think working together, you know, almost in a in a in a tripod fashion, where you have government. Uh, stores and brands uh, working together, sharing knowledge. That's, you know, I think going to be the the big challenge going into the future uh, is how to build that, that synergy because we all have a common problem, you know, counterfeiters. Yeah. It, it, I think you're right. Collaboration is absolutely critical. And I, I think when you, you know, mentioned sort of whack-a-mole, the old game in the arcade, First today's game, it's a more sophisticated version. It works a lot faster, right? The moles have like 3D night vision goggles and they can see, <laughs> you know, they know where you are. And right, they can actually see you, right? Yeah, they're, they're sending up, you know, remote drones through the hole first to see what's happening. So yeah, we, we got to fight all that. Exactly. And, and listen, Ben, in our previous episode, we talked with Christopher Horn former business security and integrity group director at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Okay. And he had a question for you. I don't know if you know him or not, but here was his question. How do you define success? Ooh, that's a good question. I like it. Um, feeling fulfilled and challenged. I think challenge and fulfillment, that the marriage of those two um, phenomena, right, uh, for me is what, what defines success, right? If it's too easy, eh, you didn't really succeed. It just kind of was there. You existed, right? But if there was some challenge to it and you you went about it in a way that you felt fulfilled, at the end of the day, you felt like I put my best into that challenge and um, win, lose, or draw, um, I'm walking away from this feeling like, I stepped up. Uh, that to me is success. And then personally, success is seeing those around me do well. Uh, if I can feed into the people around me to help them um, 
feel fulfilled in the challenges that they face and to kind of achieve their goals, that's success. Um, so yeah, that, that'd be it. That, that's uh listen, those are pretty, pretty good, deep answers. Uh, I, I think I, I like your one particularly around other people. It sort of makes me think of sometimes the, the lost art of leadership, but I think, you know, that, that measurement of feeling good about yourself by helping others do well, Yeah, you know, sometimes that gets lost in today's world. But I think from a, a stand-up leader, I think that is really a, a, a great symbol of, and, and a mention of who you are. So uh, thank you for that question, uh, for that answer. Absolutely. Um, what, what advice would you give to a young person who's considering, you know, maybe IP law, maybe brand protection, they're young, maybe high school, you know, a, a young, young Ben, maybe what, what would you say to them? Do it, not do it, how to, how to conduct yourself. What would you recommend? In one line, be open to the journey. I didn't know that I was going to land here. This was not the plan, um, but I was open to the different positions and different places that the journey took me. I think had I been rigid in, you know, and, and kept my kind of youthful, myopic uh, <laughs> uh, approach to things, uh, I may not have ended up in, the, in, in where where I am now. Good advice. Really good advice. Um, is there anyone who's inspired you along your uh, journey? Uh, you mentioned a, a law professor early on, but but is there someone that you think about that was that inspirational person? There have been so many uh, throughout school and, and career. I, I don't know that I could name them all. I think, you know, if I could add to the advice <laughs> that I just gave that young person is find inspiration in the things, in your experiences, in the folks that you passed large and small, don't, don't underestimate what you can get out of just meeting people and hearing about them and their stories. That's awesome. Following your um, podcast, Ben, uh, we're going to be speaking with Morale Garcia, who's the director of brand protection over at wish.com. I don't know if you know her. I know Morale. I've had a couple of conversations with her. Yeah. Uh, what question would you, we should all learn from Morale that we'll ask her when, when we do the podcast with her? I love this idea. Um, so the one thing I would ask Moral is what superpower would help her do her job better? <laughs> That's a really good question. Is there a superpower we should know from you? Mind reading. That way I would know what the counterfeiters are doing. I don't know. <laughs> but appreciate the question. Well, that's fantastic. We had a great time speaking with you today. We don't have any more questions, and it has been really a great and fun podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Love it. Thanks a lot, Daniel. This has been great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ben. It was very interesting to learn about your journey and your insights in the brand protection space. I have a few key takeaways that really resonated with me, and I want to share them with all of you. Number one, Government, stores, and brands working together is going to be the big challenge in solving the problem of counterfeits. It's a whack-a-mole game that we all have to unify our forces to fight this challenge. Number two, the marriage of challenge and fulfillment determine the success of a person. Three, be open to the journey. We may have a plan, but we need to be open to opportunities from wherever they may arise. That's it for us today. If you've liked what you heard, 
check out our next inspiring personal story from another hero of brand protection. You can follow us on all of our platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Make it a good day.